Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, you are listening to Nobody Cares, a podcast by me, Auntie Donahue, who is a writer in person. And I guess you would probably already know that if you've gotten this far. If not, um, congratulations. Also, Heaven help you. This is a podcast where we talk about something that someone loves and cares so much about and nobody else wants to hear about it until now and in this moment. Oh, my God. Elamine's already laughing. We have a very special guest today. He's our first guy on the podcast, which is exciting. You can talk if you'd like. Are you sure? I mean, it's fine. Don't, I don't just wave on the podcast? You can't. Well, they couldn't see you waving, but that's okay. I mean, we have Elamine Abdul Mahmood. Nailed it. I did it. Yeah. Well, I mean, listen, it's like literally the least I can do is learn the pronunciation <laughs> of your you last so name. Thank you so much. Thank you. It's the least I can do. I appreciate it. I mean, talk closer to the mic, please. God okay. damn it. No, I got it. Listen. I got it. I got it. Listen. I'm excited to talk to you. I mean, what? Why are we going to talk I about? lean a lot when I talk. Oh, I love it. Mm. Thank you. I'm like ripping up a post-it right now very professionally because I feel very sorkin care. I mean, I don't want to give it away what we're going to talk about, but what are we going to talk about? We are going to talk about the classic film, uh, the 2011 film starring Brad Pitt, Jonah Hill, Moneyball. <gasps> I just sucked all the air out of the room. I'm so excited. I love that movie so much. Okay, why? Well, first of all, you have to understand that I don't like baseball. Oh, I didn't know that actually. Yeah, I have no, I have no feelings for baseball. Like, okay. I don't get it. Okay. I don't get the romance of it. Okay. I've been reading a few writers who try to like explain to me like the romance behind it. Okay. Why I should care about baseball. Sure. Um, but I don't know. I've never, for some reason, never been able to get into baseball. Okay. I will, I respect it. Thank you. Are you a baseball person? I am. My uncle played fastball for Team Canada. Okay. And What's so fastball? It was basically like baseball. It doesn't exist in the form that it was anymore. But then he ended up coaching teams to – Team Canada championships. So I grew up around baseball, mm -hmm. but that means that I watch it in a different way. Like I watch it the way my uncle would point stuff out that like it's not romantic. It's like look at almost like look at the cons that are going on. Like it's so, reveal those to me yeah, because I don't okay. understand them. Yeah, like stealing signs is fine as long as you don't get caught kind of thing. Right. Or like watching an entire like team switch the way they're standing and move like to appeal to a batter like it's very it's all the nuances it's almost like watching somebody count cards at a casino that's what i like that about complex it. yeah yeah i look at it and go like there are a bunch of people standing around right exactly and then someone's gonna hit a thing eventually and most people do watch it that way right so i mean it's not like you're not an idiot although I, i'll be listen maybe i am no i mean you are but not in, <laughs> not in terms of baseball right <laughs> That's very generous of you. I'm also an idiot. Listen, I sat down with someone who tried to explain to me that, like, you know, the pitcher will try to throw differently so that yes. so that the batter will be all confused about it. And well, I was like, this is like this is like a boxing match. Like, it's basically a game between. I mean, of course, all the other team members matter, yada yada yada. But it is a game between the pitcher and the batter and the catcher. 
the pet, the pitcher, and the catcher have memorized how every single person t- like hits. So it is like memory. It's about like manipulation. It's about mm. really fucking with someone's head. And then the batter has studied the way that man pitches. So it's like it's all. It's almost like everyone else can get fucked. It's truly just like those three in that moment. Yes. Okay. And that's why it's like, ugh. I if mean, I could, if I could get into like understanding that dynamic, then maybe I can get into the. How sport. about we go to a Jays game together? We'll uh, go in the evening. Sold. We won't sit near any drunk people. We'll pay for the nice seats in like a lounge. Yeah. Perfect. And then you'll tell me stories about Correct. what's happening. And we'll wear nice clothes it. and like it'll be good. I love it. Because you're dressed so nice right now. Well, thank you. Thank yeah, I you wish so you guys much. could have a visual because this polo, it felt very nice when I gave you a hug, by the way. <laughs> very soft. It's high quality polo. It's I mean, my favorite. you don't get around. Thank you. So, right. You don't love baseball, but, but you do I, love Moneyball. I do love Moneyball. Why? Uh, man, that movie is so beautifully written by... The wonderful Aaron Sorkin. Are you a fan of Sorkin? Oh my God, am I ever a fan of Sorkin? Did you like Molly's Game? I loved Molly's so Game. So did I. Did you love it? I did. I, okay. The dad stuff could have been toned down a, a smidge near the end, but not, yeah. <laughs> like when he beats her over the head with it repeatedly, yeah. oh, I'm your father. But I still loved. I loved it. I loved it. But see, like that's what I find Sorkin to be so good at is mm-hmm. that he's very good at. Um, raising the stakes of things that you just don't think of as high stakes, particularly, right? Like, like in those moments, being like, "Oh, you did all of this because of this earlier betrayal in your childhood." Um, that's that was such like a Sorkin move. And if you're not a Sorkin fan, you look at that and you roll your eyes. Right. Um, to me, I just like the way that he writes. Like he's he's a he's a very poetic, very musical writer. Uh, I used to when I used to um, I was watching The West Wing recently at work. And I work while watching The West Wing because to me it's like so rhythmic, like the way Whoa, that they talk. that's really pretty. I love it. I love I, it. I put it on as a comfort watch. If I know that I have a busy week ahead, I'll watch an episode of Old West, like season yeah. one or two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, see, Moneyball has that. Like Moneyball has that, like has that dialogue that's really sharp, that's been really refined. It's very musical. It um, is very musical. I love that movie. And Bennett Miller directs it in that way. Like there are just – there are scenes like – when Brad Pitt is yelling at his, like, I don't know, room of scouts or whatever you want to call them. But, like, you're not even looking at the problem, uh, which is a scene that I have memorized entirely. He, he like, it's shot in this way that's like, oh, I feel the tension of Brad Pitt as he's trying to do this. Because that movie is just it's the best. I do love when he says, that's what losing sounds like. That was me taking a pause that for was, what losing was sound It was like. perfect. Yeah, thank you. I know. Yeah, that pause is perfect. That scene is perfect. Yes. I think it does a good job of being a sports film that isn't a sports film. Right. Because nobody wants to watch that. Right? No. Like a sports film should be about something a little bit more than that. If it's Remember the Titans, you're trying to solve racism. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I haven't to- seen it since I was 15. Yeah. They solve racism. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, that's great. It's over now, actually. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> I'm going to go outside and tell everybody. Yeah. They haven't heard yet. <laughs> good. Do, can you tweet that, Alex, please? Thank you so much. <laughs> That's done. We've solved. We solved it even now by reminding everybody. Hundred percent. Just remember, racism's already been over. It's done. Sold. Get yeah, over so it. We did it. We've. It's finished. But then the other thing about Moneyball, if I can keep going back to Moneyball, no, this is why you're here. Oh my god, I'm so excited because here's the thing. I have this conversation all the time with my wife, but she's not really listening because you should leave her. Well. <laughs> Yeah. Could you imagine Just if my life was that high stakes? Right now. Like, if you're not going to listen to me talk about Moneyball 30 times a month, then we're done. We're done. Yeah. I'm not picking the kid up from daycare. Yeah. It's Get over. the fuck out. Yeah. 
You this can take it. one suitcase and the rest is mine. The rest? Keeping it. Keeping it. And this is absolutely about Moneyball and nothing else. And nothing else at all. I have no other issues. Well, listen, she poor woman has listened to me talk about Moneyball for years because I probably watch that movie, we'll say, twice a month, maybe three times a month. Just like for the last two years. It's a years. comfort watch. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. When I when I want to feel like I'm myself. Right. And I'm feeling a little bit stressed out. I put on Moneyball. I understand that. Thank you. What is what's that for you? Um. Okay. So it's you're, it's, it's going to make me sound very strange. The Godfather. Um. I not everybody's comfort movie. No, I find it's very comforting to watch. Um, Michael Corleone evolve uh, because I like that quiet power he has and mm-hmm. I relate to some of that sometimes because you're just like whatever. So there's that and then um, The Crown. The Crown. The Crown. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, and Mad Men. That's a lot of comfort watches. That's yeah, good. Yeah, I usually keep something on in the background when I'm because I work from home. Right. So I'll even if I'm on my laptop and there's nothing on the television I'll have it on playing in the background and then I'll be. One of those three. One of those three. So you've seen Mad Men now, like I can probably I know a lot of it by heart, or I'm just like I hate this episode. Anyways, this isn't about that because nobody cares. <laughs> but this time, I care. you do, you have your own podcast. I'll come on. We'll talk okay. about Mad Men and the Crown. Yeah. So uh, was it on first viewing that you looked at Moneyball and were like, "Oh fuck! Oh no, it wasn't." Not even a little. What bit. What was it? You know, it was. First of all, I love sports movies. Okay. I mean, I love bad sports movies and I love good sports movies. I have, I've seen Draft Day with Kevin Costner like eight times. That, <laughs> Alex, are you excited about Draft Day? Alex just lit a candle. It's shaped like <laughs> Kevin Costner's head. It's so strange. I like Kevin Costner. I like Kevin Costner in bad sports movies, which he's done several he, of. He, I love, I have a crush on Kevin Costner. That's I'll reasonable. say it here. I'll say it on this podcast. I don't know if he's a good actor. Oh, no. <laughs> but God bless his heart for taking the roles that he takes. And he's just like, and now it's so far gone that we're just going to keep letting him act. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, well, this man is an established actor, I guess. I mean, yeah. what is it that he's in? Um, Kevin Costner and then Tim Robbins is in it and uh, Susan Sarandon. Bull Durham. Never seen it. <gasps> but it sounds like a Kevin Costner movie I'm going to watch. It is a baseball film. Okay. <laughs> in the 80s. Isn't that Field of Dreams? There's another one, though. Oh, no, no, no. Is he more than in, one yeah, baseball movie? He's in Bull Durham, and he's in Field of Dreams. That's amazing. Yeah. I've seen Field of Dreams. i got to say, I don't get it. Never saw it. Uh, I'm fine. I don't need a time-traveling film ever, actually. I don't know why I watch baseball movies. Because they're because it's slow. Yeah, that's for sure, yeah. I'll say. But back to Moneyball. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. No. Just real quick. Stop yelling at me on my podcast. <laughs> You're hysterical. I, mean. I, I have to say okay. that the thing about Moneyball that it's based on a Michael Lewis book. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you read a lot of Michael Lewis books. He also wrote The Big Short, right? He did. Yes. And he wrote Flash Boys. Did you know about Flash Boys? No. It's a, it's a book about high frequency something or the other that has to do with trading, uh, like, like investments. Okay. Well, we'll cut that part Good out. luck to him. No, we'll keep that in so everyone knows that I don't know what that is. I want them to Same-sies. know. Same-sies. I mean, Michael Lewis is kind of like Malcolm Gladwell in that like everybody like has read something about what he wrote, but no one's read Malcolm Gladwell. Like, no, no. I have two Ma- Malcolm Gladwell books. I've, I've never, never read, read them. them. 100%. I just keep give it, getting them as gifts and then I give yeah. them away. Thanks for tipping point. Never yeah, going to read I'm it. I'm never going to read this. Yeah. I, I, and I don't because I've read articles about it. Sure. And I've read, like, they summarized it. I've, time is money. Ball. <laughs> 100%. Okay. That was, that, was, that was genius. I know. We should just end it there. Okay. Bye, nope. everyone. <laughs> okay. But Michael Lewis, God bless his heart, mm-hmm. um, 
wrote Moneyball and what do I want to say about this? Like the way that he talks about it and the way that he talks about all his other books are here's this thing that no one else was noticing at the time that had massive influence on everybody else. And I kind of keep coming back to that in the movie Mm -hmm. because it's interesting to – like the movie is most interesting to me because I'm like if there was a revolution going on right now, would I have missed it? In any kind of thinking. Hmm. Um, and I and I don't know. I don't know if I've missed several revolutions. You know what I mean? Like, do you... Like, for example, Facebook was a revolution in how we communicate. And maybe it's good, maybe it's bad. But, like, I wasn't... Back in 2008, I wasn't like, we're witnessing the changing of everything. I was kind of like, oh, this is dumb. I think that's the whole point of, like, when you're living through something, you never know what it actually is. That's unless the point of Moneyball. Oh, fuck. That's the point of Moneyball, right? Is that Billy Bean is at this moment of being like, this is something. And this is so huge. It's going to change the whole sport. And it did. And it did. But everyone around him was like, you're fucked. You're crazy. This is never going to work. So I'm constantly watching Moneyball every single time being like, am I Billy Bean in my life or am I everyone else? I think you're Billy Bean. Well, I don't know that. No, I'm going to tell you that you're Billy Bean. I mean, I watched it 50 times and I'm not really sure. No, you are Billy Bean. Uh, I'll take it. Take it. Because you told me. You are a Billy Bean (laughs) through and through. I don't know anyone else that – no, you're definitely not just an observer. Jesus. If you ever say something like awful again. We don't know. No, I know. Listen to me. Do you think you're a Billy Bean character? Yes. In what way? But I told you. I told my therapist that I have a narcissistic personality and a God complex. So you see all. So I But what revolutions have you missed? I I mean, here's – I mean, listen. I'd have to kill you if I told you because a lot of it is very secret. (laughs) I just don't want the CIA to know that I'm telling people this. It's very private. Um, I get what you mean in terms of like – it's like do people – do great people know they're making history as they're making it? It's like Alexander Hamilton. Right. Right. Except he did know. I relate to that. That's what I mean. Like I relate to that feeling where I'm like, we're doing something right now. Ah! And this then, is like, really significant in this moment. Right now. Yeah. People are going to listen and like some kid is going to listen to you and be like, maybe I'm going to be part of something. Ah! And like you're changing that. You're changing people's lives all the time. You especially with your writing and all the work you do. That's very generous of you. I am honest to the point that I would have been mean if I really thought you were an observer. I'd have been like, you're an observer and you don't do very much. But here's the thing. We we go to the end of the movie, you uh-huh. know, and Brad Pitt's been offered uh, a twelve point five million dollar contract to come manage. Not Brad Pitt. Brad. Brad. <laughs> Brad, <laughs> Brad Pitt personally. <laughs> that sounded like that office but, bit where it was like, "There's been an accident." <laughs> Brad Pitt was involved. <laughs> Billy Bean has been offered twelve point five million dollars to come op- come manage the Boston Red Sox or whatever. I don't care. Worst team ever. I have no feelings about this. I'm completely indifferent. Okay, well, take mine and borrow and, them. And and Jonah Hill's character, Peter Brand, is like, you're not doing it for the money. You're doing it for what the money says. Because the money says that we did, in fact, go through a revolution. We mm-hmm. did, in fact, change everything about how this game is played. Um, and then the manager of the of the Red Sox has this conversation. He's like, listen, the first guy through the wall always gets bloodied. Uh, the first person to think of an entirely different way of how one plays a game um, or does anything for that matter is always going to sort of feel the impact and everyone's going to look at them and be like, you're crazy. And it's fair to doubt yourself. It's fair to doubt whether you've in fact just carried out an entire revolution or not because you don't know. And I think like the greater point is it could have gone the other way so quickly. 
right? Yeah. It didn't need it didn't need to have happened that way. No, and at the beginning you see that it does start to go very badly. Yes. Especially like as they lose. I mean they lost. They lost. Yeah. Spectacularly. Yes. Exactly. Until the streak really took off. Yes. But even after that they lost. And then they did not win that. Yeah, they didn't win. They didn't That's win. the point. Yeah. I think it wouldn't and Billy have been... was disappointed. He was like, Well, it's his kid's don't... fault. It's his kid's fucking fault. <laughs> I hate – like I – no. <laughs> it's on her. That's it fair. It is on her. Pin it I, on her. Right? I would be like, dad, do not break your superstition. Are you Do kidding? what you need to do. This is your job? Yeah. I'm a child. I yeah. don't know anything. I'm singing a song that's now going to get everyone's heads at coffee st- shops. Great I, song. Is it? It's a banger. All right. Hold on. I have to just pause for commercial. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow, we came back from that commercial even more excited about Moneyball than we were before to do as possible. Man, jazz. So, okay, here's my thing. Do you think had the team – I understand that it is based on history. But had they won, do you think it would have been such an like impactful film on you or story? No, they needed to lose. Okay, so why do they need to lose? And, and they needed to lose – like I'm glad they lost in real life. You know, I'm glad they didn't yeah. invent that loss in the book. Right. But they needed to lose because it's like – Revolutions are not that neat. They're not supposed to be. Like, People not, die, right? <laughs> in Hamilton, especially. I don't know why I keep thinking about that. Please come back and we'll talk about That's that. <laughs> totally fair. Let's do it. Thank you. Yeah, back to back episodes. Great. Um, but revolutions are not that neat. Like they, they don't always end up at a place where, like, well, we did everything differently and then everything worked out. Yeah. Right. It's like we tried a thing and the results were clearly indicating that we should pursue this, that there's something there, mm-hmm. um, even if the results that we didn't get the results that we wanted at the end of it. I think that Sorkin also really does a good job with the way they teach these, like, it's it's almost like he takes, to name my comfort film, like Godfather, not personal business, and then applies it in the way that they, like, tell that one pitcher, is his pitcher? Is it first baseman? Uh, whoever it is, that he's gone, like he's done. Right. And it's like, you tell him he's a grown man. Right. And it's like I love that difference between just like the business. Like yeah. I love that them. idea yeah. of just like Sorkin is very good at writing people in that way. You yes. know, like pe- how people would behave in those moments. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. God, I love that man. Oh my god, me too. It's I mean, hard. Like I get a lot of flack for this. I gotta tell you, not for just Moneyball, but Love and Aaron Sorkin in general. Well, he is an idiot when he talks in interviews sometimes. For sure. I wish he would never open he his mouth. He should never speak. Never. Just uh, write movies. Just Yes. That'd be yeah. wonderful. Just do that. That's great. Yeah. But, I mean, Moneyball seems to really resonate with you in a way that, like, you haven't named any other Sorkin films that have. So what makes Moneyball special out of the Sorkin dynasty? Uh, listen, he's tried to recreate that idea several times before and after, mm-hmm. right? Um, the social network is very much along those lines. Yeah. Um, you know, Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs is very much among what's it called. Was it just called Jobs? I think it was, no, that's one with Ashton Kutcher, where he looks like a goof on the Ooh. desk. <laughs> well, the other one. I forget, the, the one that one. Sorkin wrote, starring Michael Fassbender. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, and and again with with Molly's Ball is that he tries to. 
I think he hits the gas a little bit too much on mm-hmm. all of those, and it just seems like over the top. I don't mind that, but Moneyball was sort of toned down by the way that it was directed. Um, and I and I love Bennett Miller for that. Bennett Miller, who I don't like, I've only seen Foxcatcher. Oh, that's not true. I've seen Capote, mm. which like Capote was like such a slow burn. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah, great film. Mm-hmm. Um, and Foxcatcher was like so stressful. Yes, another st- stressful sports. So movie. stressful, but then nothing happens, even though everything does, and then you just yeah. leave being like, I feel like I've eaten too much at a buffet, and I need to throw up, but that's, I can't. <laughs> that's how you left Foxcatcher. I like, did. Some guy got shot, but woo. You know, a fun fact about that, and it's not fun, it's not, I don't mean to use that word at all, but my yeah. um, friend's dad was a wrestler for the Olympics during that time, and he knew them. What? He knew, it was Dave that got killed, and he knew Dave. Not like well, but you just knew like them you, through the like circle. you know the human being, the guy. Yeah, like how we are on like media circles is like wrestler circles. That's wild. I know. Yeah, Foxcatcher. I know. God, we are just doing such a good job naming sports movies. It's <laughs> This is my favorite episode of sports movies. There are bad sports movies. There are terrible sports movies. I would yeah. say The Mighty Ducks would be one because <laughs> they hire a strange convict man to yell at children. That yeah. was a very strange choice, actually. Who knows nothing about hockey? I know he's just in a nice outfit. But yep. you know who's not in a nice outfit? I'd say Brad Pitt's character who wears dad pants yep. and does not even try to look no. cool in this film. Doesn't go to the games. Doesn't right? go to the games. Um, Jonah Hill, I think, also... Academy Award nominee, Jonah Hill. Right. Now, do you think that was deserved? Yeah, I do. Okay. I do. But this might have everything to do with my blinding love for Moneyball. Uh, no, go. Is that I think Jonah had to play a character that could have very easily outshone Brad Pitt. Yes. Um, 100%. That was a really – I mean like this young kid who's – it's his first job out of college and he's – trying to change everything that people know about baseball. Um, Jonah played that perfectly. Oh, he did such a good My job. My main man, Jonah. I like I can't Jonah remember Hill. who else was like nominated that year, though. Um, 2011? Oh, yeah. God, I don't know. Yeah, I wish time. I remembered. Same. They're all blending together at this point. <laughs> the only one I remember is 1998 because Titanic won so many things. <laughs> That's another conversation. That's, That's not even for this podcast. Like, literally nobody cares. <laughs> nobody. No, you like, care? No. No. No, I don't. You just remembered. I just remembered it. Yeah. That's the difference. Yeah, that's a big difference. Um, do you, what did you think about – because I think what Sorkin does in a lot of his films and a lot of his TV shows is that he adds this, like, human component. And it's, like, a family component or, like, high stakes with the fam, da-da-da. And, like, we just saw it with Molly's Game. Yeah. Um, we see it all the time in The West Wing. You see it in Social Network even. Yeah. like It's like Aaron Sorkin trying to like write his personal life wrongs. A hundred percent. In moves. Like I was watching Molly's game. I was like, Sorkin, this is just you. Yeah. He's like, Kevin Costner. <laughs> no, in Molly's game. Oh, Molly's game. Yeah, I, You thought he was Kevin Costner. I yeah. thought he was Idris Elba. Ooh. I thought he was Idris Elba. Like especially in that like scene where he like explodes on <gasps> the prosecutors and he's like – how dare you? This woman deserves, you know, like he's, it's like he's the guy who always has an ability to see morally clear. Do you, you think know? he was Chris Pratt in Moneyball? Because that, <laughs> is that inappropriate? <laughs> is it? Because <laughs> there's like, there's the two family sides of Moneyball. Because there's yeah. like Billy Bean's family yeah. with Robin Wright, yeah. shout out. And then you have the other end. You got Chris Pratt being like this. He's done basically. His career's done. And then 
yeah. here, but yet he's like you see the family component, and then Billy Bean swoops in and like almost like makes the family whole by giving him a job. See, I thought he was. I thought that Sorkin wrote himself into the Peter Brand character. Really? Like the, yeah, like the Jonah Hill character. Oh. Because he's he's like the guy who's just standing by and be like, this is the right thing to do. And you're not incorrect in doing this. Everyone else is wrong. And Sorkin has a very good way of writing himself into that character. Who's like, I am here to attest that this person is the most morally upstanding person that there is around. And the only way I can show it is if I literally write lines of dialogue that I would say to them in real life. Like, he is so emotional. He's got to be a Pisces for sure. You are the king of the Pisces. Because I watched you, you posted a little background info for a second. Um, Alamine turned 30 recently. Mm-hmm. Um, very exciting. Thank you and so much. And then you posted these very lovely posts about things like you love the morning and you like being vulnerable. Like you, like you're very, it was very open and very lovely. And I read it and I was like, this is so lovely. And then as a Virgo, I read it and was like, I could never, like I can do vulnerable if there's like eight shields in front of it that are invisible that are Teflon coated and you, you can't just, see. You just don't like. The feeling I'm very of, bad with feelings. Okay. Like, I'm very good with logic, but, like, in an emergency and, like, a crisis, you will not – I will not cry. I will be on the phone with 911. I will deal with it. I will yeah. be at the bedside talking to a doctor. Like, I am sure. on it, and then I will cry alone in the car like an adult, and I will tell no one that it happened. <laughs> so how do, you, how do you consume movies with a lot of emotion? Then? I don't watch them. Really? Yeah. You just avoid them? Yeah, I do, actually. I know that's that's – like I, That's fascinating. Yeah, it's not healthy. I don't think. Um, <laughs> Wait, does, does does a movie ever like sneak up on you? Mm-hmm. And you're like, uh, Moneyball did. Really, Moneyball totally snuck up on me, and I did not. And uh, Rogue One, the Star Wars movie, I went in after the worst. It was a very bad time, and I was like, you know what? I'll lose myself to Star Wars film. Sure. What could go wrong? Yeah, everyone dies. Everyone dies. Everyone. <laughs> Literally everyone. Everyone. Yeah. I, so I sat there with my winter coat on and my yeah. hood up with like just being like, don't look at anyone as the tears are like streaming. I'm like, just don't get up until they're done and then go to your car. But like it's not like you don't feel the things. I just hate feelings. Listen. You t- no, but, like, <laughs> but you felt it. I felt it. I just yeah. don't like it. Okay. So like you're in the moment. You're like, oh, this is not good. Like it's like – that's why whenever I talk about Mad Men so much I and I'm like, guys, I'm Don and Peggy and people are like, no. And then I'm like, no, really. Like I, I've, I've learned how not to do this particular thing anymore. But for so long, instead of feeling, I would just hit self-destruct because it was easier because at least I was in control then. Like the minute you turn towards feeling. Where you'd be like, oh, no, 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 no. Like let's just blow it up. It sure. was, yeah. And now I'm learning to just be like, OK, um, just you're going to feel this thing. Um, maybe just listen to the last two songs of the Hamilton soundtrack and cry it out in the car and then you'll be done feeling that thing. What's with this crying in the car business? No one sees you. Yeah, but like it's you still feel the thing. Yeah, but no one see if it, if someone didn't see you it didn't happen. That's that's not at all how it works. Yeah, but in my head that's how it works. All right. Yeah, I know. See, I you're it. like my happy feelings friend. Yeah, I'm happy to provide the feelings for you. And I read it and think this is beautiful. Right. Yeah, and I have feelings, but I also don't have feelings. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you have feelings. But and like, around no one like knows. if you've proven yourself to me as a real friend, I'll show my hand. Right. But that's very rare. I have best friends that I've known for almost ten years. They've never seen me cry. Not, not even after a movie. Mm-mm. I won't go to the movies with them. I usually go alone. Because of the off chance that there might be feelings. Yeah. Yeah. That is – 
as not as a Pisces, but just like as a person, that is the opposite of the way that I live my life. Uh, in the sense that, like, I'm ready to cry any at all time. Like right now, like, I don't could know. you cry right now? Well, no, I can't. Like, it's fake cry. I would feel. I will say, yeah. I would feel. I've left friends crying to be like, I'm yeah. gonna go get some tissues from my car for you. Um, when yeah. I come back, maybe this maybe, can be over. Maybe this will be. <laughs> yeah. Like, or you can't even be around feelings. I don't. I want to fix it. Yeah. Like if somebody's crying. Or like you're like a fix. I'm like okay. If we were to talk about Sorkin characters in West Wing, yeah. I'd probably be like Stalker Channing. <laughs> Or I would be CJ, who's okay. just like, just f- fucking fix yeah. this. Like, CJ what, cries alone. Cr- she does. Yeah. Exactly. And she gets it done. Yeah. It's like, work comes first. Yeah. I'm going to fix it. Yeah. Then I will feel the feelings. Yeah. No one needs to know that They're it happened. They're not in front of other people. Mm-mm. Yeah. And then, like, I don't even want to be hugged when someone dies. Wow. Yeah. But like that's like a common way of being like we're feeling a thing together. No. Oh, you, we we don't feel things together. Mm-mm. That's what you're saying. I'll make you laugh. I was at my uncle's visitation last year yeah. or the year before last, and we all just like my whole dad's side was like me. Like we were just joking around, and people were like, "Hi," and we're like, "Okay," like it's fine. And it Keep wasn't. It. it was a tragedy. It was horrible. Like you all were feeling things. Oh yeah. But not I cried moment. alone at my house, right. and then I like got ready and I went back to the visitation. And sure. Yeah, it's fine. All right. So that's why money like, and I feel Sorkin actually does a very very good job because he he fooled me in Molly's game too. Oh, did the end get you? Yeah, it yeah. did actually. <laughs> I was I was genuinely mad at how hard I cried at the end of Molly's game. Did you cry? Did you cry harder at Molly's game or Moneyball? Uh, Molly's game, just because the stakes were a little bit higher. Like like at the end of Moneyball, you know, he was offered a job. Mm-hmm. That, like, that's how it ends. Mm-hmm. It's not the it's not the most tragic ending. And he's like, man, I can't take this. And he, he doesn't. Mm-hmm. IRL, he doesn't take the job. No. Nor does he in the movie. Um, but I cried for his character at the end of Moneyball. But Molly's game, like, that's a, such a deeply emotional ending. Yeah, starting over always makes me feel very, like, like I can't, like, Cheryl Strayed's Wild is another one. Uh, Ruined. Haven't read it, but I've seen the movie. Both made me cry. Yeah. No, yeah. movie made me weep. Yeah. Oh, with the Simon and Garfunkel in the end? Yikes. Fuck me up. See? You could probably cry right now talking about it. I That ending? 100%. And I am sitting here like a stone face. Like, I'm like, we're not going to cry. What we're going to do is we're going to get to work. Do you but understand? You're, but, you're not, <laughs> but you're not not feeling the thing. No, I just, I'm such a good barrier of feelings. Right. I'm like just the most um, Irish person. And I'm, Eastern European. Like, I got both of them working against me I'm here. I'm not sure I've ever met someone mm-hmm. who can, like, access the feelings but, like, not feel them. You know what I mean? Like, that's fascinating to me. Yes. It is fascinating to my therapist as well. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, they're there. It's I've never cried. The only time I ever cried in front of her, too, over the, like, five years I was with the one um, was when my dad was real sick for a little bit, a while. And he's okay now. Yeah. But it was, like, two tears. And then okay. she was like, oh, are you? And I'm like, I'm done now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do this later. I will do this later. I had a friend who went into anaphylactic shock once and like almost died in front of me. And I was the only one in the ambulance. Like I was the only one who knew that what was going to happen. Yeah. And because it sh- she didn't like it was a very, you know, it was an emergency. Sure. <laughs> and I remember just sitting there being like, I could cry right now. And then I thought, no, there's, there's stuff to be done. You can cry later. Okay. And then <laughs> and Alex is over there being like, what the hell? How do you do this? I, yeah. My mom does it and my dad does it. We don't cry. Like, we're not criers. Right. I think, and like, I've never been, sh- I mean, eh, I don't know. I think it's also like, you cope the way you cope. Yeah. I mean, listen, my parents were not, my, my mom cries a little bit, but like, that's not, 
that's not where I get it from. This is all me. So all this crying. Does Sorkin? Okay, now I have a question. Yeah. Did you tap into your emotions through pop culture, or was it? Were you always sensitive? And I don't I, mean that as a snub. Like I, I no, one hundred percent. It was okay. pop culture, and it was it was Buffy. Out was of all it? Things. Yeah, it was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And what about Buffy? Was it that made this happen? Uh, I mean, have you seen all of Buffy? I've never watched Buffy. Oh my god! Which I know is very strange. Oh my god! Uh, Element just got up and left. Yeah, and, oh and we're done. <laughs> no, I mean, like, I don't know where to even begin because Buffy begins as a very silly show. Like the first season is like, what is this dumb vampire in this dumb high school doing? And then uh, in the second season, it just like slows down so much, and they dig into emotional landscapes that you've never thought about. And it was like I watched Buffy at a time where, like. I was fully done with puberty, but mm. I could remember the feelings of, my God, high school was the worst. Um, Not I mean, great. Like, yeah, we can all remember those feelings. Yes. And the way that it like made real monsters of high school manifest into like like literal monsters mm-hmm. and then have Buffy like tackle them was so beautiful. But then like Buffy navigates things that I just never th- anticipated that she would navigate can I spoil some stuff for you? 100% you can. Well, I mean, like, her mom dies. See, that I have seen. I saw that clip. Yeah. And I can't do mom stuff. My mom is alive, but yeah. I can't. The idea of her dying is something I can't even begin to learn how to grasp. That show did it so well in the sense that, like, her mom was one of the gravitational centers of her world, but it was just never, it never had to be said. Like, it was just kind of constantly referred to as like you know like and and then i protect my mom from this whole thing and then her mom died and she was shattered and then at the end of that season buffy died and then she came back that's a whole other thing we'll talk about that later um on our time (laughs) yeah 100 percent um but buffy was just so beautifully written and so like emotionally written um, this is me ripping up my heart. By you the just way. ripped your shirt right open. Yeah, it was so strange. Just like, complimented it too. I liked yeah, the shirt. Yeah. Well, now it's over. Okay. Well. Uh, that Buffy was like Buffy was sort of the beginning, really, of me being like, "Hey, I can, I, f- I feel those things." Um, yeah. Yeah. That's where it began. And then did like were, did you watch Last Wing as it was airing, or did you no, watch it after? Way no, later. we would have been. Ca- how old? you're thirty now? I'm thirty. Now. Yeah, we were too young for that because mm-hmm. I remember it was on. I was like, this boring ass show. What the fuck is this? I mean, like, I like politics and stuff, but I didn't like. I didn't watch it. No, no. I watched it way later. What was your first gateway into Sorkin? The West Wing. It was the West Wing. Yeah, and I wept a lot during the West Wing. Yeah, I will say, that, I cry true. a lot at that show. Yeah, the cathedral, like like the Two cathedrals. Yeah, or? that was very. It's a lot. I'm bad with death. I'm not good at it. I mean, that death wrecked me. It was the worst. And then his yeah. speech. Sorkin can write such a good speech. Yes. He's a very good speechifier. Yes. And listen, that is a skill that not everybody thinks is worthy of complimenting. But it is. It 100% is because that's a little bit how we do things in life. You yes. know what I mean? Like you have those moments where you're like, I have a full set of thoughts that is just like an essay that I need yes. to say out loud. Yes. And when – when he builds up to it properly, yes, it's so perfect. Like when he builds up, when he builds up to Idris Elba's like long speech, yeah. um, in Molly's game, mm-hmm. I'm keep confusing Molly's game with Moneyball in terms of like saying it out loud. It's the same bizarre. amount of syllables, yeah. and there's an M. Tell me about it. Yeah, it's real tough. <laughs> it's a hard podcast. To be yeah, on. no, no, can't get through it. No, uh, the that speech was well was like well earned mm-hmm. you know yeah um like it felt like it was like oh this was the right thing at this moment 
sometimes he gets to his speech a little bit too early. But I think to I mean, bring it back to why we're all here. <laughs> yes. I don't feel like Sorkin wastes dialogue in Moneyball. I feel like everything has a purpose. Yes. Which is like rare for especially his later films, which are, can be a little bit self-indulgent. I'll say. Um, and it's almost like the speech parallels Bean's own personality in the way of like – Totally. Right? Like minimalist even to the point that he – the way he presents himself. Yes. Um, I don't know. I always – I think maybe that's why Moneyball is such an affecting – movie as well because when somebody talks there's a reason and that is so rare mm-hmm. not just for Sorkin but like just in most movies you know oh I mean? for like, sure like it's like it's such a well it's like a really tight film it's mm-hmm. a tight film yeah yeah and that just doesn't happen no it doesn't yeah especially in a sports film oh my god yeah quack 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 etc <laughs> tell me about it League of Their Own is the only one although you know what I would cut probably about 15 minutes from a league of their own i've never seen it well watch is it, it a baseball movie yeah and then i'll tell you what i would cut <laughs> i'm quickly building up like like a like a list of baseball movies that i apparently have to watch that i'm like i just this is not my sport you know what they don't make ever what? good soccer movies they don't no they do not and then beckham yeah but that was like twenty thousand years ago it was twenty thousand years ago Karen yeah. knightley had like a, a shag haircut yeah well that was so long ago yeah 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 that i could I was like, oh, right. Like Kira her Knightley child is as old as she was when she was in it. <laughs> yeah. That's a problem. That's a problem. Yeah. We don't make good soccer movies, no. which is my favorite sport. Is it? Yeah. Are you like is. Premier League? Yeah. Oh, that's oh, yeah. exciting. Yeah, I yeah. always listen to that on when I listen to like BBC radio shows. They're like, and the Premier League. And I'm like, I don't know what this means, but congratulations, yeah. everyone. Greatest league in the world. You're doing a good job. <laughs> I'm so proud. It sounds very important. It sounds much more exciting than that whatever's happening with the Toronto soccer league, I don't even know what's going on over there. But yeah. I don't care. Yeah. And that's fine. That's fair. Now I'm going to rapid fire you some questions about Moneyball. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Uh, character. I, th- I mean, I think I asked you this, but I forgot. Uh, character you relate to the most. That you relate to the most. Not that you want to be like. That's tough. I know. This is supposed to be rapid fire? Yeah. Uh, let's say Scott Hatterberg, played by Chris Pratt. Yeah. He's great, though. He's wonderful. But he's just, you know, he's like, do I have to explain why I relate to him the most? If you don't want to, you don't have to. <laughs> I just think, like, there's something lovely about playing a character who people um, keep being like, I think you can do this. And he's like, can I? I'm not really sure about this. I, that's, I need yeah. a minute. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, there's something nice about that. But the dynamic. Yeah, that is perfect. What's yeah. your favorite line from the movie? Oh. Um, you just collapsed. Yeah, I just I was like, do I have to pick one? Yes. I, I referenced it already, which is the you're doing it for what the money says. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, hmm, what is something that you hope your daughter takes away when she watches it for the first time? Yeah, so that's funny that you say the first time. Because, sure, seen it. I mean, she's 11 months old, so she hasn't registered that she's seen it. But she's seen it 14 times. 14 times. Yeah. And listen, you have to understand that like – I, every time that I put it on, I'm like, there's Uncle Brad Pitt. Because she has to understand that this is just a part of her life. It's who, Yeah, it is yeah. a part. And you know what, though? she will. It will mean a lot to her. That's the thing. Like, I sure she's hope gonna, so. No, she, I mean, I still think of the movies and TV shows my dad watched when I was like a little kid. Right. And they mean so much to me still. So you're doing a good job. If Moneyball – if I can implant the Moneyball chip now, so that's wonderful. What do you want her to take away from it? Uh, to be on the lookout mm-hmm. for um, – Different ways that people are thinking and evaluate them and be like, is this worthwhile for you to pursue? Is this not worthwhile for you to pursue? Because because 
there are people challenging the ways that we think about everything all the time, mm-hmm. and some of them are very dumb, mm-hmm. and some of them are like, "Holy shit, that changes." Everything. Right. Uh, so, I don't know, just like some intelligence, some like language and intelligence about that. What do you liken Moneyball to? Another, give me another pop culture, like whether it be like a movie, TV show, play, character. What do I liken it to? Yeah, like what, you know, when you like, like I always liken X Men to Hamilton. Because like Magneto Why? is Burr. No, sorry, Magneto right. is Alex because he gets stuff done, and Professor X is Burr because he quietly sits and feels and waits. I like that, but I mean, like, I, the only thing I would like in Moneyball too is like just other Sorkin movies. You can do that. Yeah, do I have to pick one though. Yeah, that's really hard. I know. It's not an easy game, is it? This podcast no. isn't easy anymore, is it? No. Cry, Elohim. Cry. <laughs> Give me a minute. Um, no, I can't think of anything. Okay, well, listen, you're really, really leaving with a whistle, not with a bang. Wow. Just kidding. Wow. Character you would write out of the movie if you could. Uh, That's the last question. David Justice. Really? Uh, yeah, I mean, like, he didn't really do a yeah, lot. Yeah, no, he doesn't do very much. Yeah, yeah. like, I get it. But he's old, you know? Like, congrats. Yeah. You lived. Like, what did you want? Sure. I mean, <laughs> I understand that he's in, like, the real life, like what happened, you know, and you have some responsibility to reality. But sure. one thing that I really love about Aaron Sorkin is that he's got no fidelity to reality. And the, the things that happened IRL is like, no, that doesn't make it for a good story. Throw it out. Yeah, I think, yeah, he definitely doesn't live in his own reality either. <laughs> no, 100%. Bless his heart. There's lots of things that he got rid of um, or added into the movie that were like, that's not how that unfolded in terms of the timeline for the, no, you know. And I know this, and I hate that I know this because I don't like baseball, and I don't need to know Yet. It. We're going to go to a game. It will retreat like a classy event, yeah. and it's going to be great. Have you ever read The Sweet Science? No. My, my, my coworker, my good friend, Craig Silverman, recommended it to me. And he was like, read this book. It's about boxing. Uh, and it's, it's from like an old New Yorker boxing reviewer. And I read it, and it's wonderful. Excellent book. And it sort of explains to you, like, you can take boxing a little bit beyond a bunch of people hitting each other. You right. know, like, it explains, like, the dance, like, the delicate dance that is boxing. Like, oh, my God, I'm really getting into boxing after reading this book. You have to do that for baseball for me. Okay. Like, you have to, like, explain – you have to write the sweet science, but of baseball. I will do it for you. Thank you. Because I like you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, but I got to – it's a big job. I – we're going to – it'll be fine. There are people in the outfield. I don't know what they're doing. It's are fine. they angels? Who knows? They might be. Yeah. Oh, God. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Right. Haven't seen it. You don't – you know what? You don't need to. Right. It's, gonna, that kind of sounds like It's for children. To. Like, you don't need to see it. Is the premise that there are literal angels yeah. playing in the outfield? You don't outfield. need to see this movie ever. Are they physical? Oh, like matter. they're very angels. It's not. You know, it's not great. It's very Christian now that I think about it. Angels in the outfield. Yeah, I mean, it's I a wa- little bit. we watch it in like I went to Catholic school, so we just like watch it. It's like this is normal, and then I'm like, what a weird premise. Like, what? Who was this for? Right. Who was this for? The '90s. <laughs> No one knows what anything was for. <laughs> a period of time where there was like, let's just make stuff. What we do is we have Tony Danza play a pitcher who has lung cancer, and then there's like angels in the outfield. That's actually the premise. That's literally, and then Joseph Gordon-Levitt is a foster kid, and his dad says that he can, he'll take him back if the angels won the pennant. So he prays, and then Christopher Lloyd is like the head angel, and then he, the angels help the angels win by playing. And then does the dad adopt him? No, his dad's a piece of shit. Right. 
weird thing but to then stake I think your child on. Like a baseball player takes. I don't know. You know what? I don't know. It was weird. Sure. It's weird now that I'm explaining. I'm embarrassed that it happened, and I feel like I have somehow been responsible for it. Yeah, it's your fault. So I will say this. Why don't you tell everybody listening where they can find you on the internet and what you do and where all your work lives and all that fun stuff. I would love to. Uh, you can find me on the internet at elamine88, E-L-A-M-I-N-88. That's like Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, man. Just whatever platform. I'm elamine88. Yep. I work for BuzzFeed News. You do. Um, come hang out with us. Yeah. Yeah. You, all your work can be found on Twitter and stuff? Yeah, 100%. You working on anything else? No. This is me pushing you to write a book. (laughs) Write a book. God, maybe one day. Everybody on the internet, yell at him. (laughs) Anyways, this has been... Thanks. Yeah, there you go. Gonna cry now. Good. He's crying. God, here we go. I am Andy Donahue. This was Nobody Cares. Um, If you go to nobodycarespodcast.ca, you can plug in all of your information and tell me what you care about that nobody else seems to. And from there, I'll read it on air and we'll all be in this together. In the meantime, um, make Elamine write a book. Okay, cool. Bye. (laughs) Thanks. Okay, cool. So we have somebody who's written in to tell me about something that they care about and nobody else does. This is from Madeline, who tells me she found my podcast and book today, which is very exciting. But it all took her back to her freshman year of college back in 1996. Here's what she has to say. Hit him. I was rushing a cooperative house, um, basically a sorority house where they make you cook and do dishes and mow the yard, and rambled through meeting after meeting at house after house about my obsession with author and advice columnist E. Jean Carroll. Nobody knew who or what I was talking about, and nobody cared that I had a plastic lawn goose in my dorm room that I had named E. Jean to pay homage to the real E. Jean. I didn't get invited back to any of the cooperative houses I rushed. Note from me, BT Dubs, all of those people were idiots. But I know what else Madeline had to say. Was it my obsession with Eugene? Was it the plastic goose? Didn't anyone want to be my roomie and stay up late at night discussing what it meant to me as a small-town Indiana teen to read amazingly written and empowering advice columns in Elle magazine? Didn't anyone want to talk about how Eugene was the smartest and coolest and how she strung words together to make incredible sentences? I'd never experienced anyone using language that way that Eugene used language. Anyways, I agree, P.S. E. Jean Carroll sounds like the bomb. And if anybody has an issue with you talking about her at dinner parties, I am assuming that it is a woman. If I am wrong, I apologize. You just tell them exactly where to go and you take them to this podcast and then you say, see, she understands. Anyways, she's 40 years old now. We're talking about Madeline. Hello. And she's still talking about her. So thank you, E. Jean. And thank you, Madeline, for writing in. I really appreciate you telling me. Everybody else, look up E. Jean Carroll. See what if she's as great as Madeline says. Or don't. I mean, I'm not the boss of you. But I think you should. That would be fine. If you guys want to tell me what you love and no one else really cares about, hit me up at info at nobodycarespodcast.ca. And I will read it on air, a.k.a. on a podcast, which is not the radio. But that's fine. Okay, bye.
Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 